Welcome to the Growing Rural Podcast, where we focus on all things rural in South Carolina. We will discuss topics on healthcare, economy, education, and the unique culture that is our rural state. This podcast is supported by the South Carolina Center for Rural and Primary Health Care. Please join us for today's topic. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Growing Rural Podcast. Uh, today, we have an interview with Miss Lottie Lewis. Uh, Miss Lewis is a community leader and arts maven in Allendale County. Our program manager, Alante McGill, interviewed her recently, and here's what she had to say. Welcome to the show, Miss Lottie. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. First, before we um, really get into the interview, I want to ask you, how are you doing um, in, during these like unprecedented times? What's life like? How are you adjusting? Well, this is certainly um, a new norm, right. and uh, it has been an adjustment, but um, I'm sure, you know, as yourself, those of us that have to be involved and get things done, we have to adjust to new norms, and we find a way to get things done. Um, I have found that um, I've become very creative um, how I do things. So I've been trying to look at the positive of all of this. Of course, I've, I'm getting cabin fever, but <laughs> I'm adjusting as best I can. Right. So let's back up a little bit, and can you tell us all a little bit about yourself and how you came to do what you do? First of all, I was born and raised here in Allendale, South Carolina, and and this is where everyone knew your mom, your dad, your grandparents, and you, at the end of the day, you ended up being related. They were all your cousins in some way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody loved each other and supported each other. Um, we, we didn't wear shoes all summer, and we stayed outside playing the entire time. You know, I remember, you know, hopscotch and jump rope and hide and seek and all of those, shooting marbles and climbing trees. Um, that was our job and um, we were good at it. We ate peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and hot dogs, lunch meat and bologna sandwiches. And when there was no meat, we had a nice mayonnaise sandwich. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kool-Aid was a real treat. And um, our after-school snack was the plums and blackberries that we picked from the bushes along the dirt roads coming home from school. Um, one of my... Uh, Fondest memories, however, is um, kneeling down around the black and white television with my sisters and brother uh, and some of the neighborhood children because we were the only um, house on the street with a television. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, we sat there and we watched Howdy Doody, Wagon Train, and The Long Ranger and those kind of things. So, and the other thing I remember is we knew we had to be very respectful of our elders. And if we weren't, there were consequences to pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to grandma's house was such a treat. It always felt like a warm hug all the time. I can still remember running through the cornfields playing cowboys and Indians, and I never uh, felt so free. And I can still smell the corn barns and um, homemade jams and jelly cabinet. Um, I remember baby chicks being in boxes in the kitchen and chickens and turkeys running all around 
the yards. Watermelons and cantaloupes were so plentiful, we played with them. Mm. Um, we got water from a well, and although I was just a child, you know, I, I knew when I drank that water, it was something special about it. Um, I still have the dipper that we use hanging right here in my kitchen now. And speaking of kitchens, um, there was no better feeling than waking up on a pallet on my grandmother's floor to the smell of homemade biscuits that we would have with homemade jelly and jam. So we um, thoroughly enjoyed growing up as children. I think I just wanted to stay a child forever. My grandparents didn't have a TV, but they had an old piano, and we would get around the piano and play it and sing songs. And when we grew tired of that, she would pull out a box of scraps and teach us how to make doll dresses and quilts. One day, I woke up and discovered it was time to grow up. <laughs> and so the page was turned, and I graduated from school and headed to the big city. Okay. Pursued a career in modeling, and fortunately for me, uh, was quite lucrative at the time because, um, you know, there were not very many black models, so I was able to get lots of work. I later began working um, for the telephone company, and I went in, I went from an operator to a district manager. Life was good, and then my mom became ill. She had Alzheimer's. Uh, I retired after 29 years and came home to take care of her. So, after coming home, I soon realized things were not the same. Um, I missed, you know, the times when folks sat on their front porch and raised all the children in the community. Um, the, all the hotels and motels that used to line 301 were all gone. And it just looked like everything was abandoned, abandoned because of the fact that when 301 was diverted 30 miles um, away from us, that took all our business, all the tourist business that would come through Allendale. And because at that time, when I was here, uh, everybody, all the, all the folks coming from up north to go to Florida and to all the beaches, they came through Allendale. This was their main stop through here. Mm -hmm. And so tourism was a very big um, resource for us. However, uh, once the uh, 95 was not placed here, it kind of um, took everything else away. All the businesses left. Um, no more motels, no more hotels or restaurants. Because Allendale, I tell everybody, Allendale was the New York of all the other towns around us. We had the entertainment. We had the restaurants, the hotels. We had everything. And then all of a sudden, it was gone. And not only did that happen, then the Walmart happened, and then the malls, and then the computer age. So little by little, it chipped away um, all the things that we were accustomed to. And so it was like starting all over again. And so 
um, after my mom passed, um, I didn't quite know what to do with myself. It was our plan, my husband and I, to move to Charleston. We, ha- we still have the house plans. We were going to build a house in Charleston and live there. Mm-hmm. But I asked him if I could stay here a little while because I felt very close to my mom and I just and I was living in her house. So he said, okay, just let me know. And so we did. And after looking around and feeling sorry for myself for a little bit, um, I decided, well, this is not what my parents would want for me mm-hmm. because they absolutely love this town. Um, and so I decided, well, okay, what can I do to... Um, make a difference. So one of the first things I did was I um, there's an old house on the corner near where I live, and it was over a hundred years old. My husband and I decided to buy the house and return it into what is now called Emma's Helping Hands House, and it is a safe haven for our kids to go to after school. My mom loved the children in this community. And she was known as the purple lady on the corner. So mm-hmm. we remodeled that house. Everything there is purple. The doors, the curtains, the, everything is purple. So uh, in honor of her. And now we use that as an after-school program for our kids, a safe haven for them to come. Because as you know, um, I don't know if you know, but a lot of our citizens, because of the economic problems we're having here, with lack of jobs, they travel to Hilton Head and Merrill Beach on a daily basis, leaving home very early in the morning, and therefore there are awful lot of latchkey children. And right. So we decided, well, okay, we'll stand in the gap, and this way they'll have a place to come if they need. Mm-hmm. So you started the after school. So a lot of residents of Allendale actually work outside of Allendale and have to travel um, to neighboring um, cities. And then the children are um, often left without. Yes, any supervision or anything. Mm -hmm. So we Mm -hmm. uh, open up the house that anybody wants to come can come. And what we do there, we we provide uh, tutoring, dance classes, um, cooking classes, counseling, whatever the need is. Um, We even have a washer and dryer. If we need to wash the clothes, we can do that too. That's just one of the things that I got involved in. uh, And since that time, I've gotten involved in so many other things. Um, I've started um, seven neighborhood associations, um, one in every little pocket of, of Allendale, I've gotten the folks involved in a community garden. We have a community garden called Sugar Hill Flat Street Community Garden okay. where they go and plant the vegetables and we they can eat as much as they want. Great. So uh, we, um, my husband, have, he's built about maybe 80 ramps around town for people for free that needed them because um, unfortunately, Allendale is a very unhealthy town, and because it's an underserved community, a lot of our citizens cannot afford health care, so um, health conditions are not very good. Mm-hmm. realize so many people needed ramps, and that's yeah. another reason why we did the, the community garden. The garden, yeah, that's what I was saying. You, you're tackling that several ways, and yeah. 
Yeah. I've also uh-huh. was able to uh, bring a, a medical mobile unit to Allendale uh, right up until the um, the pandemic started. Uh, that provided free health services, um, which was dental, especially to our citizens. And I mean, they have been given um, nine hundred dollars. Some of them, nine hundred dollars worth of services, and not have to pay anything. Hey, wow, great. We have had Susan DePlessis and Dr. Yvette McDaniel on the show um, to discuss the Art of Community Rural SC, which you are a maven for. But for someone who hasn't been able to um, hear those past episodes, um, can you tell us um, what's the Art of Community um, Rural SC and what is your role as a maven? Okay. The Art of Community Rule, I see, is a very positive vehicle that um, we've been given, uh, that has been given to us to help us move our community forward. As we capitalize on the arts as a sustainable economic development engine for the downtown area and the community at large. Um, um, that includes creating pride of place as we mm-hmm. learn together, building new relationships, inspire new community building, and create new stories of place and people um, that uh, transcend stereotypes and, and um, generate hope for our future. And my role is to be the driver of this, to be a support and uh, a creator of ideas, and in addition to connecting people with their dreams. And you said you use this as a vehicle of which you can also overcome or dismantle stereotypes. Um, What type of stereotypes do you think that you overcome through through this initiative? There's there's so much to be learned through the arts. in um, small towns like this, oftentimes people do not um, uh, look at art and think about economic development. They don't look at art and think about health or education and that kind of thing. And um, art certainly does drive all of those things. Um, it drives so much. Um, uh, most of the things that, especially little towns like ours, need assistance with. So um, sometimes it's like with children, um, if you make it fun, then they learn easier that way. If you make it look like they're not working so hard, then they'll work harder. And that's what the arts have done. Um, When Susan introduced me to the things that they were doing, I mean, I was just like a child in a candy store. It's like um, we can use the arts to help um, with economic development, really, and then um, we began to do that. Um, we one of our um, initiatives early on was to change the in, the image because it's um, the three initiatives that she brings to the table is education, economic development, and health. And so we, as Mavens, had the opportunity to select whichever one we thought would fit our situation best. And I selected economic development, basically because that that's the um, most verbal things 
for us right now in Allendale is to improve our economic development. And so we decided to create a program called um, in the Image Awards, working with um, in conjunction with our businesses. And what we did was come up with the program where we asked them to um, be a part of improving their image, not only just on the outside of their businesses, but to, to actually um, improve their customer service so they could um, uh, have people want to not only come in their business, but encourage them to come back again. And we were, I'm telling you, I was so pleasantly surprised to see how they really got into it. It was sort of a competition between the businesses here. And uh, there was painting and rearranging and all kinds of things going on. And I always say to people, especially about the bank, if you walked into Palmetto State Bank, you were, um, it was like they were going to hand you a glass of champagne any minute. They were just so <laughs> nice, like going overboard to be uh, polite and, and nice to you. And so at the, we had meetings during that period of time, uh, and then at the end, what we did was gave them a formal um, um, celebration uh, to select the winners. The community selected who the winners should be. So we had four winners, um, Palmetto State Bank, um, Column Lumber, um, Moe's um, um, Men's Shop, and Sabrina a hairdresser. Mm, okay. So um, they all received awards um, um, for their customer service and for, you know, how they spruced up their uh, surroundings. So, so using the arts, the using the yeah. arts had pumped life into these small businesses, which in turn pumped life into the community mm -hmm. and just community. was a great symbiotic yeah really yeah so that's really um to, yeah that's important um that really is telling about how important arts are to rural communities um arts yeah. and culture yeah exactly exactly because you know the art consists of so many things and and everybody there is so, there is something about the art that is a little something in all in the art that everybody likes it, it, whether it's dance or music regardless right. of what it is um, so everybody can play a part. And it was imperative to us, too, to make sure that the community was involved. We recognized early on that um, revitalization without um, uh, having people involved in it uh, would not be a good thing because right. if they're not involved in the process, then they're not going to help us keep it. And so we wanted to make sure that everybody is involved. And that's how I basically work. I try to make sure that every voice is heard. That's very important to me. Prior to COVID-19, what community challenges did you see in Allendale? Okay. Um, high on the list, of course, is unemployment, you know, lack of jobs, um, crime, um, health problems, uh, self-esteem, you know, and we have a lot of uh, abandoned buildings that's, you know, havens for um, unhealthy conditions um, and, and hideaways for, 
for folks that um, are not very, um, what's the word, what's a nice word, honorable, let's just say that. Mm -hmm. So um, we did and we still do have our challenges, okay? Um, mm -hmm. So then when COVID came in, um, I, I thought, well, okay, we already have, our, you know, these problems. So what can we do as a team to help these people that's already in trouble so that they, they're not, you know, suffering anymore? So one mm -hmm. of the things that we decided to do was um, to make sure that um, nobody was hungry because a lot of our children depend on um, food from school. So that was no longer available. So what we did was um, we got um, uh, a grant and we were able to provide food to many, many of our citizens. As a matter of fact, right now I'm still doing um, lunch for our, our children from MS House um, every day, five days a week. So that was one of the things that we decided that we could do immediately to help, you know, make sure at least nobody is hungry. Mm -hmm. another, another program that we are getting ready to implement um, next week, is we're calling it um, a backpack of love. Um, we want to address those people that are homeless and the veterans. Um, and um, I happen to have a lot of book bags because last year, school year, they decided to go with the clear book bags so they didn't need the, they couldn't use these the book bags that I have. So mm -hmm. I'm going to fill those book bags with different poetry and personal things that uh, these folks can use because, especially um, hand wipes and sanitizing uh, things, because they don't have some of them because they don't have a place to stay. They don't get access to water, and what? so. How, they're going to keep their hands clean and that kind of thing. So we will be giving out these backpacks of love um, starting next week to members in the community. That's another program that we have initiated. So you tried to get ahead of when you saw that the virus was spread, that we were coming into a pandemic, you tried to get ahead of that and making sure that um, families, especially children, had food to eat and um, had in the in the backpacks of love. Um, what other challenges do you, do you see now that we're in this pandemic? We're a few months in. What challenges do you see in Allendale? One of the main challenges that we have is that, unfortunately, our citizens don't seem to believe the seriousness of this. Uh, and therefore, many of them do not wear the mask or gloves or, you know, they're not taking this serious. And so what we did is um, we uh, produced, uh, I call them uh, recognition cards with pictures of our frontline workers on them saying thank you to our hometown heroes. And on the back of those cards, we provided health tips and health and safety information for them so that they are aware of, of, of the seriousness of this and what they need to do to uh, keep themselves safe and healthy. So that's mm -hmm. another thing. That 
um, uh, we are trying very hard to, um, you know, stay in their ears and yes. so that they understand, um, okay, this is not a game. This is um, real life, and you must do what they're asking us to do in order to keep yourself healthy and safe. So you were actually recently featured as the um, South Carolina Office of Rural Health's coronavirus hero um, because of the work you were doing in Allendale with the rural arts team. Um, mm -hmm. and, and you started that in response to the pandemic. Can you tell us more about that? You briefly mentioned it, but can you go a little bit more in depth? Yes. Um, one of the other things that I wanted to do, I, I just felt um, like it was important to recognize those people that are out there on the front line, those people who, you know, risk their lives every day because, you know, to allow us to stay home and be safe. And I wanted a, a way to say thank you to them. And so we decided to construct this huge mural, okay? Um, <laughs> this was money that we were, that we had gotten through the arts. And it's an eight foot mural that says thank you. And painted on that thank you are pictures of our frontline workers, whether they be our nurses, whether they be the people at the post office, the police officers, uh, someone working at the grocery stores, all those people that um, keep going daily. And they are, you know, and the truck drivers, all of those folks that are actually putting their lives on the line so that we can be safe. So we did have, have an unveiling of that a couple of weeks ago, and um, I was very pleased to see um, almost all the folks were represented, and we were able to uh, provide these cards with their pictures on them so that they could hand them out to their customers as they come into their stores or whatever, so that, as I said, there's a constant reminder of how serious this is, and this is what you need to do to stay healthy. Mm -hmm. Because those of those folks that are out there on the front line, if we don't do what we're supposed to do, it just makes it a lot harder for them as well. Right, that shared responsibility, definitely. Um, so mm -hmm. yes. So what's been the community's response to to the mural? Well, I tell you, it's just amazing. I did not realize that I was going to get such a you know, I, wa I wanted it to be something that they like or whatever, but the phone has been ringing, 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 and <laughs> everybody just absolutely loves it. It is big and bright and vibrant, and, and they just love it. They absolutely love it, and, and I'm real happy about that. So that's just one of the many uh, murals that we would, uh, will be placing around town. Um, Right now, we're working on another mural that will be um, this, a display of our kite tail birds. Um, kite tail birds hibernate to Allendale every summer in the middle of July. And then we have a, um, folks come from all over to see them. I went to an outing last year and was just so fascinating. So from that, I have placed um, uh, flags of the kite tail birds all over town. Just to make our citizens aware, this is one of the um, our assets that we have. As a matter of fact, our rural arts team has we have adopted the um, kitebird as our logo, and so um, we're having that outing again on the 18th of July, 
and we will be um, selling T-shirts with the kite birds on it and the rule art team um, um, uh, on the back of them. And we will also be selling masks with the uh, kite bird on it that, that were painted by one, one of our local artists. We are also in the midst of a national racial justice and equity movement. And I am wondering what that looks like in um, rural towns like Allendale. Well, um, speaking for myself, I'll say, um, unfortunate, uh, it's an unfortunate situation. Um, growing up in segregated South um, with a lot of unjust this done for years and years. Um, it's not unfamiliar to me, but after all these years, seeing what has been happening here lately, it make it, it has stirred up a lot of emotions. It makes me very sad. Um, I'm disappointed, and um, I am um, hopeful that um, this, this time it will be real change. Um, okay. The things that are happening now, rioting and those kinds of things, which is unfortunate. I wish that our folks would not do that because that's not a help to themselves. However, the only way I can put this is it's like a lion being placed in a cage and just sitting there and every day somebody comes by and, and, and tugs at them and tees them and humiliates him and, and he can't get out and and after and one day somebody opens that cage and that lion gets out and he has been uh, teased so much until when he gets out he does not care about what's politically correct he just he wants to hurt somebody and he doesn't care who it is so what I'm saying is it's unfortunate that our folks are are destroying some of their own communities. I wish they wouldn't do it, but I understand why it's being done. Um, mm -hmm. We are in the midst of something that we can definitely help make a difference in. But this time, it ha we keep saying it's going to change. We have to have hope. But hope without courage is null and void because I have to change and then I have to um, practice that change. It's not enough to say, well, you know, you know, whatever the words are that you today, well, you know, I help, you know, I, I did this or I did that. Or I wear a t-shirt that says Black Lives Matter and I march and all of that. We have to be a part of a real change. We have to change our minds. We have to change our hearts in order to move forward. Um, I am so, this is like an open wound that should have been healed many, many years ago, and here we are again. However, I am still hopeful. I am still believing that we can make a difference. As I see the folks that are marching, I am um, just so pleased to see it is such a total diverse group of people and that tells me it's not just black people or just white people or Latino or Hispanic people. We're all in this game together. And when you get a group of people together, you'd be surprised for one goal, the power that they 
can put out there. And that's what I see happening right now. Great. In, mm-hmm. in our little town, because everybody in little towns like this, we all know each other, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and, and Allendale especially, it's like 85, 89% of, of black. So you do you see a way in working towards making a difference in achieving equity? What can rural towns like Allendale do? We are using the arts to support each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're, we're using the arts um, because the arts can teach us lessons of race and space, okay? As we connect um, the power of ordinary people to bring about change because art is what it's spiritual art is love and therefore art is life and that's what we want you know nobody wants to die nobody wants to see our community die um everybody can relate to that we just have to be brave enough to reach beyond the past and embrace the future together and not be afraid to share our space because there is enough for all of us. We've talked about some of the challenges and shortcomings within rural areas are in Allendale specifically. Um, What else do you see that is good in Allendale? Well, oh my goodness, so much. (laughs) But I'm a little precious. Allendale That's has good. <laughs> <laughs> has many things to offer that people are not aware of. Um, Column Lumber, uh, one of the largest employers in town, they employ over 200 people, and um, their facilities is upgraded. It's one of the, the highest upgraded lumber companies any place. So it's right here in Allendale. Emma's Helping Hands House, of course that provides education uh, um, and tutoring and counseling and uh, life skills. Uh, We have a beautiful farmer's market and uh, along with uh, Freedom Park with a stage that is now uh, the hub of our town. We have all kinds of programs there. As a matter of fact, where we had our unveiling for our hometown heroes, that's where we had that. Uh, We have the Carolina Theater in conjunction with USC. The theater has plays, summer movie nights, music group, jazz concerts, and Christmas chorale. Sakihachi Stew, original plays, and all kind of drama. It has been revitalized, and it is absolutely beautiful. If you're ever in Allendale, you must stop in to see it. Um, Allendale, believe it or not, has a college here and um, the Sakahatchee Dormitories completed Mm -hmm. in 2014, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, It houses about 100 students, approximately 500 students attend classes in Allendale and 15 foreign students and 150 athletes uh, right here in Allendale. It has, um, as I said, the college, it has the Leadership Institute that conducts programs intended to increase leadership. Um, and one important one is the Topper Site. The Topper Site, located near the Savannah River, is um, documented as the oldest archaeological dig site dating before um, 
Civil War. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, um, and as I said, we have the kite birds that fly in um, every July. Um, we have an airport here in Allendale. When this virus is over, you must come to Allendale. We are, we're going to change um, the headlines about Allendale. We're going to have busloads of people coming here to see how we did it, and we're going to do it through the arts. I promise you that. I believe it. I definitely believe it. So what other, what's some good things about rural in general, not just Allendale, but your frame of reference is Allendale, but what do you know that's good about rural in general? Rural is a blank, it's an artist blank canvas. Let's say that. Okay. Oh, okay. I like that. Uh-huh. Okay. It's open green space. It's cool and it's warm. Um, it's rustic. Okay. It's porches and sweet tea. It's where the spirit can rest. It's home. That's what rural is to me. When you hear most people, you know, like I did, um, we went to school in the South, and then as soon as we finished, we left and we went up North. And when you hear people talking about home, they're talking about the South. We're going home. Um, And that's what the school is to me. Well, you may have answered my next question, which is the final question that we ask all of our guests, which is how do you define rural? Yeah. Well, that's how I defined it. I defined it as as home, um, a place where the spirit can rest. I, you know, a lot of people when they when you say rural, they think about wooded areas and country and all of that, and it is all of that, but it's so much more than that. And that's why the arts play such a vital part in, in, in this area because they have so much to work with. I mean, we can make something out of nothing. Um, uh, what folks in the city would throw away, we can create um, amazing things from. You're also on city council, right? Well, I do serve on the city council. My father was um, on city council as well, and I sit in his seat now. Um, I'm assigned to the police department and to community development. I'm also uh, mayor pro temp, and I take my position very serious because I feel like I can be a voice for the people and help Allendale to thrive and flourish. Um, This town, um, one of the assets that it has is its people. Um, We have fantastic people here. That is something that, you know, a lot of folks on the outside don't know. And when they try to write our story, um, that's what upsets me because they don't know our story. Um, I am very proud to be a part of of city council so that I can help make a difference. I I don't believe too much in titles, but if there is any vehicle that I can use to help move us forward, then I'm all in. So that's basically what it is. It's just another vehicle that I use to help us rebuild our community. You can find out how to contact Lottie and learn more about her work in the show notes.
and make sure you all complete the 2020 census. The link will be included in the show notes as well. That's all for today. And that is a wrap for our first season of the Growing Rural Podcast. We will be back with season two in late 2020, but our inbox is always open. So if you have ideas for guests you'd like to hear on our program next season, let us hear from you. Thanks, Alanti, for that discussion with Miss Lewis. That was a really interesting conversation, talking about her story of leaving Allendale and coming back, and uh, just everything that she's done is just uh, really interesting. I think her story of how Allendale's evolved is definitely one that is um, shared by many rural towns. Yeah, it's it's a very common rural story of you know she was talking about growing up with dirt roads and black and white televisions and which you know sounds like we're stepping back a hundred years almost but you know it's it's nice to remember there are people alive today that you know had lives like that it's a really idyllic almost uh, type of existence that she was talking about as a child yeah i agree um i i enjoyed hearing about the close-knit community um how they just lived communally and lived um, off the land, as she said, they ate cantaloupes and watermelon, and it was all plentiful, mm-hmm. um, and shared meals together. Yeah, and, and the food as a connector was an interesting one. She brought that up several times, talking about getting together to eat, talking about the sandwiches she had after school, and making biscuits, and that that's always seems to be a connector with folks here in the South, and in rural especially, as a way to get together and join together. Definitely. I think every all good things, even sad things, if you think about uh, everything from family gatherings to funerals, a way of showing love and care and community is through food. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, when she was talking about and you hit on this, how Allendale um, took a hit basically when I-95 pretty much passed them by. Um, a lot of the traffic that used to go through there on the way to various places dried up. They took the interstate and they no longer went there. Tourism dollars, entertainment, hotels, it all kind of cratered out and led to a, you know, a depressed economy that has been hard to recover from. And so I, I thought it was fascinating her role as an arts maven to try to reinvigorate that um, as a way to like heal the community itself, but also as a way to bring in some tourism dollars. Yeah, they um, reinvigorated their customer service um, and used the arts to sort of um, enhance the environment and mm-hmm. um, around with the local businesses. Yeah, and she was talking about how arts is a way to connect people to their dreams and get something out of them that they didn't know was there in a lot of ways. Um, I think I think it's a really interesting use of. I guess just her life as well, because I think she came back and, you know, with her mother's passing, she needed some healing as well. And she used the arts for that. And it became a larger type of thing, which is great to see in a rural area like that. There's so much potential there for that. Yeah, I agree. I think that one of the biggest takeaways for me from this interview was um, it was one line that she said, and I think it, 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 it represents her and um, a lot of community leaders like her who stand in the gap. And so mm-hmm. with her um, various initiatives from her after from the after school care to providing mm-hmm. meals, um, everything she's done and described in the interview is um, standing in the gap. Yeah. And she talked somewhere about um, 
you know, change isn't just change and you have to have some hope in order to do it. And it takes courage. And I think she exemplifies that she stood in the gap and she created after school programs and set up these other programs to really try to help her community heal. And she's, she's done a great job. And I think she's someone that we could set up as an, as somebody to emulate as a good role model for other communities as well. Totally. Yeah. So everybody out there, if you ever have a chance to go to Allendale, please go. Uh, They have a the swallowtail kite i think she mentioned in there is a kind of bird it's not the kind of kite that you fly it's a, it's a kind of bird uh, but they have a lot of events around that uh, hopefully they'll have that again next year um, uh, assuming this pandemic has burned out by then hopefully some outdoor activities will be back up and running um, but you know with all these rural areas you know go out and take a day trip there's not very many places in south carolina you can't get to and back in a day depending on where you live and uh, I think this is a great example of a community that's worth a visit to see what they've got going on. I agree. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot to you for that. So thanks for listening. Stay tuned for more episodes coming out soon. Uh, we'll put some more info about Allendale in the show notes for you to check out. Uh, and if you like what you've heard, please head over to iTunes and leave us a rating. That'll help other people find us. And if you have ideas for other guests you'd like to hear in our program, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, that's all for today. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Growing Rural Podcast. If you found the content valuable, please leave a rating on iTunes or Spotify so others can find us. For more information, please visit our website at sc.edu forward slash rural healthcare or follow us on Twitter at sc underscore crph. This was recorded at the University of South Carolina School of Medicine in Columbia. It is edited and produced by Sean Riffle. Y'all take care.